Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in to Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and as always, we are doing it live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. Plenty to look forward to tonight. With everybody here in the book, the line is filling up to get to the counter to place their wagers because we've got some Thursday night football action this evening. No, it's not the most attractive game, but that doesn't mean there aren't betting opportunities for it. So we'll dish out some of those as we typically do, starting off the primetime games with my better half and other miscellaneous props in that matchup between Denver and Cleveland. Coming up later, though, in about 15 minutes, how about Holden Kushner, the newest addition to the City Cast family. He is out in Denver. We'll talk about his Broncos, what he's got planned for his City Cast episodes, and much more. I know he's got some thoughts on the total, teasing, and some props. So a lot to get into with tonight's affair with Holden in 15 minutes. Then we'll also get the market movement perspective from Vison's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. Tons of movement in this game because of all of those injuries. And we'll see as of this point how Josh would look to handicap this game now. That we've seen the line just move so dramatically if there's still value in one side versus the other. Speaking of that, at the end of the show, hopefully we get you some value picks. Danny's Dimes coming up at about 45. I've got to play on the ice. I've got to play for tonight's game. And then naturally, we got Prop Shelf where even though I'm not betting some of them, I just want to give you some of the strong leans that I think you should consider if that's the area you're looking to dive into. 
Let's go ahead and begin on this Thursday evening with my better half for the Broncos and the Browns. As we know, it's a short spread for the overall game, about one and a half in favor of Cleveland with a short total of 40 and a half. But let's introduce you to these first half odds for this Thursday night football game, starting with the money line. Browns minus a buck 20 in this spot for the first half three-way money line play. Uh, the Broncos about plus 117. If you want to bet on the tie, plus 11.50 if you think they're knotted up at an even score heading into the second half. Now, overall this season, Broncos 3-3 three three on the first half money line. Cleveland 4-1-1 one one on the first half money line. But we know this isn't the same Cleveland team. They're completely depleted, missing Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Owusu Koromo is out, Jack Conklin, their offensive tackle, and hey, Jarvis Landry's back in the mix, but OBJ's questionable the last I saw. Same with Mac Wilson, Malcolm Smith, Jadavion Clowney. Look, the, this Browns team is just absolutely beat up, and it's not to say that Denver isn't suffering some injuries as well, but more notable players missing for Cleveland, so remember to, to keep that in your mind when you're handicapping this game in any kind of facet. So again, you know, the Browns have been really solid on the first half money line, but it's a completely different team that you're handicapping. So they're 4-1-1 on the first half money line and minus the buck 20 if you think they're leading going into the second half. Now, if you don't want to bet the first half money line with the tie, because if it does tie, you don't bet on the tie, you don't get your money back, you just lose, right? So then you could do the tie no bet and do the Broncos at plus 108, or instead of minus 120 for the Browns, you're laying minus 129. If you're looking to bet it straight up, I mean, honestly, I would just do the tie no bet. It's not that big a difference in my opinion, and you save yourself from losing money if it does go with the tie. Because then if it pushes, you just get your money back. So uh, looking to that angle with the tie no bet first half, if you are curious about it, that would be the one I would select. If you want to dive into the spread, one and a half is what you're seeing. Instead of, look, laying the one and a half with Cleveland, of course, I'd probably just recommend taking the money line. If you want to take the Broncos plus one and a half, you are laying about minus 129. Now, if you applied the spread to every single game, Broncos would still be 3-3 three and three ATS like they are straight up. But the Browns have tied one time this season. That was against the Texans, 14 apiece heading into the second half. So Cleveland, instead of 4-1 ATS, uh, they're actually, or excuse me, about 5-1 ATS, they would be 4-2 ATS with the first half spread of minus one and a half applied to every single game. I couldn't tell you anything about who's going to be leading into the second half. This is such an unknown game right now that I think the only thing we can really bank on is that this game probably isn't going to see a lot of points. So that's why I do think the better way to bet this first half revolves around those total points. And I know I say this for pretty much every single game, but this one even more specifically because of the weather conditions and the injuries that are plaguing this affair. Because remember... You know, rain accounts for handicapping and snow does a little bit, right? I mean, maybe a little bit. But truthfully, the biggest impact weather-wise for a spread is going to be the wind. And there are plenty of gusts of winds going to be just consistently in this game, 15, 60 miles per hour. And that's what affects the playmaking ability offensively for these quarterbacks. So the ground games probably will be the main force for both squads. So looking at these total points now, for the first half, at least, with both teams combined, at Bet Rivers, 20.5 is the number that it's set at. Shaded to the under, minus 118. The overs, minus 103. Now, with the Broncos, their over-under record for the total points in the first half, with this number set at 20.5, is 3-3. Three three. They've hit three overs with it at 20.5. They've hit three unders. 
But every game they were leading this season, being against some of those inferior teams they placed, you know, looking against the Giants, it was 10 to 7. Jacksonville, also 10 to 7. Then against the Jets, it was 17 0. All of the games they were leading at the end of the first half has stayed under. Conversely, every game they were trailing has gone over 20 and a half. Now you look at the Browns, their over under record with the number set at 20 and a half is 4 and 2. So they've gone over this in four out of six games. The two games they stayed under was against the two NFC North opponents, being Chicago and Minnesota. But again, a depleted Browns team. What can we expect with their third string running back and their second string quarterback? I couldn't tell you, but it's going to be tough to gauge this one. I don't like that it's under 21. I mean, how could you? But at the same time, I'm not banking on this game having points, especially in the first half where everything could be a little bit slower. They're really relying on the run in that point, and you're getting more energy out of these defensive guys. So, again, I'm not rushing to bet this under 20.5 and laying the minus 118 to do so, but I really just can't muster up the courage in any sense to assume or even bet on the fact that there may be enough points to get you over there for this game. So with 20 and a half, it would be under nothing for myself. Now for each individual team, their total points in the first half, both are set at nine and a half. But for the Browns, the over is shaded heavily that way, minus 152, whereas the under nine and a half first half points for Cleveland, you're catching plus 117. Now the Browns have been a really solid team offensively in the first half. Again, not the same squad going out there tonight, but they have been averaging 15.2 first half points per game defensively, the Broncos have been allowing opponents about 11 first-half points per game. Now, the Browns have gone over 9.5 first-half points in all six games thus far. Broncos have allowed opponents to go over this mark in three out of six games, so a 50-50 sample size in that spot. But again, Cleveland has gotten at least 10 points or more in every single first half this season. I'm not laying minus 152 to assume they do the same thing with a completely different roster against a Denver defense that hasn't been terrible in the first half and with these bad weather conditions. So if you do think the Browns could get there, but you're not fully there, but it seems like a good value, I just I think you stay away because laying the minus 152 in this spot where there's so many unknowns, like I keep saying, I mean, that weather is going to be a factor. And they're really going to try to run the ball as they typically do. I think it's under nothing here for Cleveland. And look, same goes for Denver with their number at 9.5. Shaded to the over, minus 134, unders plus 102. The Broncos offensively are only putting up about 9.5 first half points themselves as at this point. Browns allowing opponents just under 12. Broncos have only gone over 9.5 in three games. However, the Browns have allowed their opponents to get over 9.5 in four out of six games. I think you bet under for both if you want to get involved, but even more so if you just want a little bit bigger sample size, because of course someone, you know, could get over and it could be a 10 to 7 game or something like that, then maybe just focus on the total points for both teams in this game in the first half under 20 and a half minus 118. That would be at the top of my list for how to bet this first half, but I think it's really just an ugly outlook overall for this game and especially if you're betting anything with this total because of course you missed the best number right I mean you know it's gone from about what 43 44 all the way down to 40 and a half and again like we said you know we'll talk a little bit later with Holden in the next segment and then Josh Applebaum coming up to see if there's any value in those areas still but if you're looking to do something with the first half my only recommendation if you want to bet because I'm not betting it personally but would to be under 20 and a half first half points not banking on many points coming in this game whatsoever but now as we're about to wrap up this first segment I did want to spend time as we typically do to kind of throw out some other 
props, other betting areas that are kind of just miscellaneous. And I want to talk about an anytime touchdown score. We always like to throw out one or two. And the guy that my, uh, made my list tonight is Noah Fant, plus 220. Now he leads, or he doesn't lead the team, but he's second in the team in targets with 42, second on the team in receptions with 30, and tied for first with three receiving touchdowns this year. Now the Browns themselves, when it comes to the red zone, I mean, not great against the passing game. They've allowed 14 passing touchdowns compared to five rushing touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, an opponent that the Browns face for a team that actually utilizes their tight end, had two receiving touchdowns against Cleveland in week one. He was the only tight end to get a touchdown, but again, in terms of their opponents, you know, Kelsey's the one that's utilized the most compared to the other teams. So Noah Fant at about plus 220 could be a viable spot, I think. And then look, you know, if you want to take a gander at some other total points areas as well, I think just the overall total points by the Browns, under 20 and a half minus 108 could be a good look. I know we talked about the first half, both of the teams combined under 20 and a half, but what about individually for the whole game? Cleveland under 20 and a half minus 108. Look, the Broncos held the Giants to 13, the Jags to 13, and shut out the Jets. Very inferior teams when they play them. And I would argue the Browns are virtually the same level as those teams right now, if not worse, because of how depleted their team is and because of these weather conditions. So at this point, you know, the Browns are really virtually the same as those squads when uh, Denver faced them. And they're going to be looking to run the ball a lot, right? Because that is how they conduct their offense, and especially now with those wing conditions. So if you're looking for a different angle too, consider the total points by the Browns under 20 and a half and any time touchdown score for Noah Fan at about plus 220 tonight for Thursday night football. We'll get more thoughts on this game. Stick around. Holding Kushner, newest member of the CityCast crew, joining us here on Rush Hour. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years. Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. 
OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Matt Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. The Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh city casts are up and running. And don't forget to check out the Los Angeles city casts with Danielle Alvari. And how about the Denver city casts with Holden Kushner? And right now, here on Rush Hour, Holden joining us. Welcome to the show, Holden. It's a pleasure to have you not only on the program tonight, but also just part of the CityCast family. So first and foremost, uh, what can we expect out of the CityCast? A lot of excitement out your way in Denver, especially tonight with a Thursday night football game. May not be the prettiest. We'll get into that in a second. But just overall, what do you have planned for your viewers and audience in terms of what we can be excited about? Danny, I just plan on tapping into the rage of Broncos fans and how much they just cannot stand the fact that they don't have an owner. In all seriousness, I... You know, we're going to talk, I'm going to talk a lot of Broncos, I talk a lot of Nuggets. Baseball season comes around, we'll hit the Rockies, a little bit of Avalanche too, because the, the fifth biggest sport here in Colorado, though, and I don't know how big it is out by you, we got table tennis, man. It's, it's top five, so you should expect uh, almost zero to none table tennis, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> a lot of Broncos, my friend. Broncos and Nuggets is what we'll be hitting on a lot. Yeah, and it's going to be an exciting season on the hardwood for you, I'm sure. So I'm excited to get your takes on the Nuggets throughout the season. And then naturally with the Broncos. And let's get right into that because, again, look, it's not the prettiest of games, not only from just a roster standpoint, but a weather standpoint. The spread now is at one and a half, courtesy of Bet Rivers with those odds. Minus 117 money line for Cleveland, plus 104 on the buyback for Denver. Total has dipped to 40 and a half. And, and sticking on that total, I mean, a lot of people like to look at the precipitation. And again, yeah, that plays a little bit of a factor, but more so it's the winds. And talk to us about what we're seeing in terms of those weather conditions and why that's affected this total. 
Yeah, no question. You see winds 10 to 15 mile an hour. There's really not much of an impact. You start seeing it right at 15, 15 to 18, 15 to 20. And tonight, we'll have consistent 15 to 18, gusts up to 28. So you're going to see a big hit to the offense there. Now, I'm with you on the rain. Normally, it doesn't matter. You will see games, though, where the conditions are just so bad, it's tough to grab the ball. I feel like we've seen that a couple of times so far where the data tells us that eh, rain's not that big of a factor, but we have seen that to this point. So I'm expecting a really ugly, muck-it-up game tonight. You got the Case Keenum revenge game. Not too worried about that if I'm the Broncos' defense tonight. There's no Chubb. There's no Hunt. On the Broncos' side, you're still rolling out Teddy Bridgewater, who really isn't walking very well this week. He's been banged up. No Jerry Judy. So they had to call up John Brown. They're very thin um depth wise a wide receiver but i think the biggest issues the broncos are going to have tonight is stopping the run you go oh there's no chubb there's no hunt well there is Darius johnson and he's kind of that that i, I don't want to call him a plotter he's just a physical runner a one-cut runner and i look at this defense for the broncos i'm saying boy both inside linebackers are out three linebackers total are out no jewel no alexander johnson no mince You've got Kyle Fuller in the secondary. They had to bench him. You know, if you looked at the first three games, the Broncos look like they're going to have the best defense in the NFL. Problem is injuries, better competition. So I'll tell you, I, I actually am looking at this Browns running game tonight, and I think they can have a little success. Yeah, and we're seeing his prop in terms of Johnson upwards to what? Like about 59 and a half. Some spots even getting to 61. What is the limit in terms of, okay, once it hits this number, I wouldn't go above it, but what's kind of your range and where you would play his prop over? Yeah, I, I hit it at 58 and a half. I just looked on Bet Rivers for the show, 58 and a half again. So that's kind of nice. I mean, you could go up to 60 and a half, 61 and a half. That, my threshold usually would be two yards max over the number that I'm already hitting. But like I said, if there's one way to attack this game, because for me, a little bit too late to bet this total. It's come down way too much. So what I'll, I'm planning on betting it live tonight. I'm a big live better. Look forward to betting that thing live. I think the side, again, when I was getting three and a half, four points of the Broncos, I loved it. I, I teased them from four to ten and a teaser. That was great. Talked about that on the CityCast on Monday. That number isn't available anymore. So to me, a lot of the numbers going into this game just don't look too sexy. And the biggest one that I can find is this Dearness Johnson prop. I think he's a bell cow tonight. I think he sees 18 to 20 touches. That is one thing we're looking for. They're very thin. They called up, what is it, John Kelly off the practice squad to come in and be the backup running back. Dearness Johnson is getting a lot tonight. So outside of the bets I've placed already and the bets that I will place live, Danny, I think the Johnson prop is the way to go for me. Yeah, and look, that was a popular pickup with all these fantasy teams, myself included, had to snag it because that's the main focus of this Browns offense is running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, especially with these weather conditions. Now, with that being said, Holden, I mean, you look at the side of Denver and you have the dynamic duo of Melvin Gordon. Obviously, you have uh, Williams in the mix, too. And what's been so frustrating, I guess, from a prop perspective is who do you take? You know, who's going to be the guy on any given game day between those two? And one prop that kind of stood out to me was the receiving prop in terms of receptions for Javante. Over two and a half, like plus 140, which I think is great value. He's gone over it the last, what, three or four games? Is that something that may get utilized more so because, again, of those weather conditions, those short kind of checkdowns? Could that be a main focus of Denver's passing game tonight? 
Well, again, I go back to Monday. I had a big conversation with Nick Ferguson. He's a guy that played for the Broncos. He's a local radio host here. We talked about it. When do the Broncos realize that Williams is the more explosive runner, the more explosive pass catcher with yards after the, the catch? I don't know when that is. See, that's my issue. If I knew that Javante was going to go out there and just be involved and he was the guy that was going to get even 60% of the touches, I'd feel fine with that prop. Uh, also, we are talking about the win. And if you're not going to be able to spread the ball downfield, maybe you are dumping off. So I don't mind that look whatsoever. The look isn't for me, but the next time I come on, I want you to remember. And if you hit that prop, <laughs> make fun of me all, the, all that you want. But right now, it's tough for me to back these running backs especially since I missed the Williams rushing prop by a half yard last week. That's just stinging right now, Danny. It's stinging. I had a great week. That one really bothered me. Yeah, that's killer, especially when you miss it just by that little insignificant number that turns out to be so significant. But look, not only will we hold you to that, we'll, we'll recap that next week. But I also got to ask you about this Broncos win total and their odds to make the playoffs. So to begin with their odds to make the playoffs, the yes is plus 180, no is minus 230. But what I think is more intriguing, Holden, is their win total. Because last week, I always do kind of a futures segment on the show in the middle of the week in terms of just any NFL bets. And the one that I did make a bet on was the Broncos under their win total of 9.5. Because I just thought that was a little bit too high, even if they did beat the Raiders last week. And then, naturally, as we know, they end up losing. And now we see it at 8.5, and it's shaded to the under. I'm sitting pretty comfortably with my 9.5 spot. But how would you play it with their updated win total at 8.5? I'm with you on that under nine and a half. So you look at the schedule. Here's the tough games. And there's some 50-50 some games, too. I think the Washington Broncos game now is a 50-50 game, even though the, the football team is awful. The Broncos have not been good at home. This is a team that has lost eight of 11 at Empower Field. So it used to be, so, oh, the Broncos, gonna, they're at home. They're going to go win these games. They're not. Toss up with Washington. I think they probably lose to the Cowboys. I think they probably lose at least one time to the Chargers. The Chiefs, good luck beating them. Um, even though that defense for Kansas City is a complete debacle, it's not like the Broncos' offense has really been tearing things up. I think they'll have issues against the Bengals. I think they'll have issues against the Raiders again. So under 8.5, it wouldn't surprise me if they couldn't get there. The interesting thing about the playoffs, though, Danny, like everything changes after tonight, I feel like. What if they end up winning this nasty ball game, you know, 12-8, to 8, just like a baseball, high score and baseball score. This is an arbitrary number, Danny. Don't, don't, don't run with it. They win this game there. All of a sudden, they're above 500. And right now, they're in the seventh spot in the playoff race. So there's a long way to go for that playoff race. And the value is not, you're not going to, you're not betting minus 230. That's just absolutely silly. So if you are going to attack this, you're attacking this from the right way. There's, they're going to be, what, seven games into the season um, tonight. If you assume they're going to be, they're going to have a loss, then yeah, I, I think them, cleaning up those next six wins is going to be tough to attain. They win tonight, though. You really have to factor in what's going to have to, what's happening tonight if you're going to get in on that. And right now, to me, it's a coin flip. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. You talk about a teaser. I mean, really quick, we got about a minute left or so before we let go of you here. And you teased them up when they were about, what, that four range, four and a half range. And four. now you see them catching about, yeah, four. Okay, so you get them to, you know, about 10 or above, depending on what teaser you use, which is great for sure. At plus one and a half, I actually tease them up to plus seven and a half. Would you still recommend that as yep. a viable play since you're getting both over the key numbers of three and yeah. seven? Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. I got four to ten. Um, but again, we're going through key numbers. And those are just that's just some of the numbers we love to tease, right? 
I'm getting a full touchdown plus this game with this conditions. Yeah, Dan, I, I think that's nice. If you're going to throw it in a teaser, one and a half. Not at one, one and a half. Get ready for all the action this NBA season with the VEASAN Basketball Betting Experts, and you can do just that by grabbing your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide, which of course is out now, and it gives you strategies, predictions, and just the best bets to help you stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, which primarily include Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategies and advice, and like we say, give you those predictions for not only on a game-to-game -game basis, but updated conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season. Get your copy now. It's just $9.99, and you can get that at vsin.com slash subscribe. Again, that's vsin.com slash subscribe. All righty, we are here on vsin, the sports betting network, and the show is Rush Hour. Welcome back to it. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Joining us now out on the East Coast Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen, VEASAN's betting reporter. He has got thoughts all over the board, so we'll get right into it with Josh. And look, this Thursday night football game, as I've been saying, it's not the most attractive, Josh, and we've seen big line movement, but, you know, a lot of that is because of injuries. So how do you kind of dissect, what, like, just how this line movement is factored in with the injuries into where it is now at 1.5 with the total at 40.5? Because I'm sure when something like this and this type of game occurs – it's just all over the place, and maybe it's hard to kind of tell the difference between, you know, is that where the public's still going on all of it, or if the Sharps are doing it too because of those injuries. So how do you kind of dissect this type of game? Danny, you're totally right. This is one with a ton of line movement, and by the way, great to be with you tonight. What a great time to be betting on sports, Danny. We got NFL, college football, NBA, NHL. We got a big baseball game later, so it is a great time to be getting down in the arena. But, Danny, you're totally right. So this one, in terms of line movement, we're seeing – really distinct and really zero buyback movement when it comes to uh, the spread in favor of Denver and really the under in general. So look at a lot of these uh, books, Danny. You know, we had a look at of Cleveland listed as around a six-point favorite. We immediately saw an adjustment toward Denver early in the week, all the way down to plus three and a half. I think that was when uh, a lot of respected money was really pouring in on Denver at plus three and a half, getting the hook. Then we obviously saw the switch here with Case Keenum going in at quarterback with Baker Mayfield being hurt. And really just a laundry list of injuries for Cleveland, who could be, who is already going to miss their two-headed monster of Kareem Hunt, uh, Nick Chubb, and there's a plethora of other injuries here. So a lot of banged up Browns in this spot. But really the movement has been consistent. Early to Denver, down six to three and a half. Then with Keenum uh, coming in and all these injuries, it's now down to one and a half, Danny. So there's really been zero buyback here on Cleveland. Uh, and I, I look at still Denver here. I, I think the play was grabbing them earlier when they were closer to three and a half in the hook. But even at this point, Danny, anytime I see movement with zero buyback, it tells me that even though the line's dropping and the number's getting worse, maybe there could still be value. You look at all these system matches for Denver tonight. This is a big system play for me, Danny. Of course you wanted a better number, but even at one and a half, maybe a money line play, maybe a teaser, bring them up to seven and a half, go through the three and the seven. But here are all the matches with the Broncos here tonight. Road dogs off a loss this year, 18 and 11 against the spread, 62%. 
Primetime dogs, 12 and 6 against the spread, 67%. Conference dogs, 39 and 26 against the spread, also 60%. And really the one that I love, short road dogs, plus 3 or less, 12 and 4 against the spread this year, 75%. And really to, to add to it, Danny, Teddy Two Gloves, our guy Teddy Bridgewater, one of the best quarterbacks when it comes to covering numbers. 24 and 7 ATS in his career as a dog, 77%. And as a road dog, incredibly, 19 and 2 against the spread. 91% ATS. So to me, it's a Denver play. Obviously, you wanted a better number here, but also with the under. This is intriguing, Danny, because it opened at 44. It's gotten all the way down. You know, I did uh, betting cross America today a couple hours ago. It was at uh, around 41, 41 and a half. Now we're down to 40 and a half, maybe even 40. I see a 39 and a half out there. So this thing is tanking to the under. Uh, you do have about 20 mile per hour winds, which could benefit the under here in this game. So maybe a lower scoring game. Really consistent movement here toward Denver, but it's pretty clear, you know, if you had jumped on Denver at a better number or the under at a better number, you're feeling really good right now with a lot of closing line value. Absolutely. And yeah, those are the two sides I would lean toward, if anything. The reason I'm not touching the totals just because of how much it's tanked down, as you alluded to. I still think there could be good looks, whether it's in-game or with the first half totals, I think are still a really good option. And then you talk about the Broncos, Josh, and I think they're in a great teaser spot, too. Even if you don't want to just take the one and a half, tease them up and get them catching seven and a half tonight against the Browns, and that could be a viable look, too. So, yeah, I'm sure you've been going all over the place with this incredible <laughs> movement for the Thursday night football game tonight. But I also wanted to get some of your thoughts on college football this evening, too. Let's talk about this SMU and Tulane game. SMU, Josh, is laying 13 in the hook. High total here at 70. Where are you seeing the significant moves for this one? Yeah, so Danny, one significant thing here is kind of the lack of movement with SMU. SMU is one of your, one of your most lopsided plays of the night. Obviously, they're 6-0, and and Tulane is 1-5. So it's just an auto bet here for the public. Lay the points, no questions asked SMU. But here's the thing. SMU opened minus 14. They've kind of stayed minus 14. You talked, Danny, a lot of shops down to 13 and a half. So a little liability, even though it looks pretty gross here with Tulane getting points. But really, I'm looking at the over here, Danny. It opened at 69 and a half. At one point, it got up to 70 and a half. It's pretty much around 70 now at this point. But I think this is an opportunity to bet against this uh, Tulane really bad pass defense. Their pass defense is bottom 10 in, in all of college football in the country in terms of defending the pass uh, and really just allowing opponents to kind of get whatever they want here. So you look at SMU, really high-powered uh, high offense. They're averaging uh, about 40 points a game. Tulane's giving up around 40. You're going to get your points here, I think, from SMU. But if you're on the over, you're going to need Tulane to pitch in a little bit. They're averaging about 33 a game. This is a high total that I think a lot of betters say, man, that's so high, can it go over? But the line movements to the over, you have a lot of defensive metrics to the over. I'd be looking over 70 here in the Tulane-SMU matchup. All right, then what about Louisiana and Arkansas State in this matchup, Josh? We got Arkansas State catching 18 right now with another total we're seeing similar spot, 70 and a half. Are you intrigued in the total for this one or maybe more inclined to go with the spread? So, Danny, I'm doing the same thing here. I'm going to go over. It's kind of weird. I think it, your angle here is if you're going to take this SMU Tulane over 70 because of the bad defense of Tulane, then I think you're going to do the same thing here with even kind of on steroids, Danny, with Arkansas State. They are the worst defensive team in all of college football. They're giving up almost 600 yards a game. They're giving up almost 50 points a game. So I think that really bodes well with a Louisiana team that uh, is kind of you know not a huge offensive powerhouse with Levi Lewis. They're averaging about 30 a game here, but I think they're going to look pretty good tonight going up against this terrible Arc State pass defense. 
Uh, and again, almost giving up 50 Arc State. They're scoring about 30 on their own. This is another overplay for me where I think we get a lot of offense here. And again, these are the angles I like to look for, Danny. If you see you know, a total on the rise and we can incorporate some terrible defensive teams, I think that bodes well for maybe an over opportunity. All right, Josh, we got a couple minutes left. I want to do a little bit of rapid fire on the hardwood with some NBA action tonight. Let's talk Bucks and Heat. This is going to be a great game. I mean, the Heat are a team that we would assume would play a lot better than they did last season. They bring Kyle Lowry to the mix. We already saw the Bucks do really well in their season opener versus the Nets. This spread is at 2.5 in favor of Miami. Total at 223.5. What is the movement in this game telling you for tonight? Yeah, Danny, this is dog to fave line move toward Miami. And really, this is an injury-based play. And if you're betting the NBA every day, you got to be on Twitter because these injuries break and you have a small window as a better, maybe five to ten minutes, to jump on these numbers before they get adjusted based on the injury. So, perfect example is that the Heat today and, and looking at tonight's game. You know, they opened, Danny, uh, getting a point, getting a point and a half. You know, a lot of these books were bucks, minus one and a half, even minus two to open. Then you saw a barrage of injuries here hit the bucks where we saw Drew Holiday out with a heel injury. Brooke Lopez is out. DiVincenzo's still out. Bobby Portis is out. Uh, really, everybody's good to go with Miami and adding Lowry. The only person out would be Victor Oladipo, but he's uh, kind of always out, Danny. I don't know how much you can rely on him. But uh, Heat are pretty much full strength. The Bucks are down a ton of players. This open, again, plus one and a half to Miami Heat. Now they're minus two and a half. In these spots, I like to money line this play here for Miami. You can kind of, uh, again, mitigate a little bit of risk. Around like minus 140, you would have liked to jump on them earlier. But real sharp dog to fave move with a lot of injuries. I like the Miami Heat on the money line tonight. All right, and then we got about 30 left, Josh. Warriors-Clippers, I was very close to betting this game, but I want to hear your thoughts before if I actually end up doing it because Golden State laying three in the <laughs> hook, this total at 228. Who are we thinking here? Yeah, Danny, you and I think alike most of the time. Hopefully we're thinking the same thing. I'm, I'm liking the Clippers maybe a plus three and a half. I think with the Warriors, off that big win on the road as a dog at the Lakers, and really the Clippers, there's a really anti-Clippers bias here because Kawhi Leonard is still injured. So I think buying low on the clips could have a lot of value. You had the Warriors open minus three and a half. They, they're getting about three out of four bets. Very popular lopsided play, yet it's kind of stayed three and a half or even inch to three at some shops. So, Danny, were you thinking Clippers? I hope you were. I'm looking at the three and a half with the clips. <laughs> so originally I went with the Warriors was my thought, but no, literally because of what you said, I was like, no, 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 no. The Clippers are somehow going to find a way to cover. So ultimately I'm probably going to stay away. At first I was going against you, then I was like, you know what, the Clippers are going to end up being the right play, I feel like. So I'm kind of leaning more towards you, but like I said, I think I might just stick away from this one. But I like what you said, too. I mean, we had an example last night about betting money lines instead of spreads. I was sweating out that Bulls game. I know all of my friends were with laying the five, and that's why earlier in the week, just go with the money line instead. NBA is so volatile. You and I both know that. But, Josh, hey, love having you on as always. Best luck with everything you got going tonight. Look forward to talking next week. Always appreciate it, Danny. And by the way, go Blackhawks. Hope to get their first win, minus 125 to minus 135. Yes, sir. We're talking about that game deck. Stick around. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same-game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're also bringing back the reduced the juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bets. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITHIT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. in Virginia. And Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Okay, welcome back to it. Final segment on Rush Hour. It is Beast Indy Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, at Danny Burke Fire. You can catch me on Twitter. 
If you're in the area, Chicagoland area, make your way down to the Bet River Sportsbook. It's getting crowded here. Seats are filling up, and there is plenty to bet on, which it is time to tell you what we are going to be betting on officially for Dandy's Dimes tonight on Rush Hour. Let's get to it, folks. Not only are we talking about Thursday Night Football, but we've got some puck. That's right. We've got some hockey action, baby. And not only hockey action, some Chicago hockey action. You heard Josh Applebaum before he exited. Riding out the Blackhawks. And my man, I am doing the same thing here. We are playing Chicago on the money line. Minus 134 was the number I got earlier. However, now they're up to minus 143. Would still recommend playing it tonight with the Blackhawks as they get a hopefully favorable matchup against the Vancouver Canucks who are catching plus 123. Look at this total, 6.5. Shaded to the under minus 120. But look, the big question for Vancouver is... Was their top defenseman, Quinn Hughes, going to be playing? And apparently he's on the team buzz, which usually means he's going. But, again, he's a game-time decision. If he's out, votes even better for Chicago. Canucks come into this game 1-2-1. Blackhawks come into this game 0-3-1. Both teams are seeking out a win. Hawks are even more desperate. It's going to be Demko between the pipes for the Canucks and Lankanen in the net instead of Flurry. And Flurry's been off to a really bad start, unlike Flurry. But Lankanen had somewhat of a decent outing in his one that we've saw, uh, seen this season thus far. So, look, there may be more upside with Lankanen, and truly, if there's a time for Chicago to get their first win of the season, why can't it be tonight against the Canucks? So I'm playing Chicago on the money line for our hockey play. Uh, again, I got about minus 134. So minus 143 would still play it with Chicago in that spot. All right, let's move aside from hockey. Let's get back to the main event tonight, which is going to be Thursday night football, Broncos and Browns. Uh, recent news coming out, it looks like Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be playing tonight. And Jarvis Landry, last I saw, was a go as well. So they're getting their two top receivers back tonight. Will it matter? You got Case Keenum, you got terrible weather conditions. Who knows? Nevertheless, we see the Broncos catching one and a half. The total at about 40 and a half. And I'm actually going to be teasing this game. I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. But this is a perfect teaser spot for Denver, right? Because they're catching the one and a half. The short road dog, you tease them up six points, gets you through the key numbers of three and seven, and all of a sudden you got Denver catching seven and a half in a game where I honestly think they can win this one outright based on the injuries we've seen from Cleveland and based on the fact that, hey, these teams are probably going to be forced to run the ball more. You got your duo out there in Denver more so with Melvin Gordon and then obviously Javante Williams. You're on your third stringer with Cleveland. Just a lot of things are looking like it's going bad for Cleveland it's not like anything's great with Denver and Vic Fangio, but that's why I think you add the extra comfort and tease up Denver here. So that's the one play I'm making tonight, teasing up Denver up to 7.5. And, and the other team I'm pairing it with, the Green Bay Packers. They get the Washington football team at home. This spread has actually come back in favor of Washington because it wasn't a teaser opportunity before, upwards of, what, about 9, 9.5. But now you're seeing it as low as 7.5 in some spots. So I tease down the Packers from 7.5 to minus 1.5. So that makes our six-point teaser. Broncos plus seven in the hook and Packers laying one in the hook for our teaser play for tonight and this weekend. Tag that along with the Blackhawks money line. That's what we got for our official Danny's Dimes. But let's get into some other areas you can bet for Thursday night football. Even though I'm not making them official plays, just want to give you out some things to consider in Prop Shelf, where we take a look at some of the strongest props that may be worth a play for tonight with Denver and Cleveland. And let's start with the man we already threw out a bet with. How about Noah Fan? We talked about anytime touchdown score, plus 220. 
Just looking at his overall game performance, what can he do in terms of receptions? Well, three and a half is the number listed at Bet Rivers. The overshaded in that direction, minus a buck fifty. Unders plus one fifteen. And I would look over. I wouldn't want to lay that price of minus one fifty, but if you feel so inclined, I think over is the right move here because Fant is averaging five receptions on about seven targets per game as of this point. And he's gone over three and a half receptions in four out of six games. Now, the Browns actually have been decent against tight ends this year, allowing less than three catches on less than five targets per game. And they're racking up about just 30 and a half receiving yards. But truthfully, the only tight end they really played who gets utilized is Travis Kelsey, who racked up 11 catches for 197 yards in two tutties. Conklin, the tight end for Minnesota, racked up four catches in 18 yards. Aside from that, you really didn't see the Bears use them. Uh, the Houston Texans use their tight end, or the Cardinals when they face the Browns. But Fant's a really top receiver for this team. Second in targets and receptions. So if you think he's going to continue to be the top guy, consider him over three and a half receptions tonight. But let's stick on the side of Denver, look at another player. How about Javante Williams and what he can do in the passing game potentially? At Bet Rivers, his receiving yards prop, 13 and a half. Shaded to the under minus 117, over is minus 113. Look, Williams at this point is averaging about 15 receiving yards per game. He has only gone over it in half of these contests, though. Browns allowing running backs, three and a half receptions, 27 receiving yards to tailbacks per game. Plus, him and Ingram virtually the same stats on the ground and in the air. So it's like you're not giving me enough conviction to actually want to play this. But the one I was more considering for Williams based on the value was his receptions. Two and a half with the over plus 140. I think that's really solid value, and it seems to be getting bet down at a lot of spots now. He's gone over this mark of two and a half receptions in four out of the last six games, and the four he's gone over have been the last four. The first two games, I think he only got one catch in each, but now he's gone like three, 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 and he has been consistent in that spot. It's not like he's been doing it in dominant fashion. But you also got to bring in the factor that, hey, maybe because of these weather conditions with the wind gusts being very big, that they're going to be doing shorter passes, more checkdowns, thus meaning more of an opportunity for Javante Williams to get involved in the short passing game and get over this receptions mark of two and a half. Hey, if the value wasn't there with the over plus 140 around there, I probably wouldn't be talking about it as much. But because of that, and because he's gone over the last four games, something I wanted to throw out there to strongly consider. Javante Williams over two and a half receptions. Number to size plus 140. Maybe coming down. So if you want to jump on it, do it sooner rather than later with Williams. Now, I with our last prop that I, you know, strongly considering more so, I wanted to avoid the quarterback conversation because, again, of the uncertainties in this game, the ugliness of it, and how much wind we're going to be seeing. But then I'm like, all right, well, how could I maybe fade these quarterbacks? Because the numbers were so skewed because of that, but there may be still a good enough angle to do so with Case Keenum and his past completions tonight. 19.5 is the number we're seeing at Bat Rivers. Overs plus 107, unders minus 139. I held on betting it because I didn't want to lay upwards to minus a buck 40 to hope that Keenum stays under his completions. And look, I'm taking the sample size of Baker Mayfield here because obviously, you know, if he's not passing that much, why would Case Keenum all of a sudden be passing more? Because Baker was only averaging 19 pass completions per game. He'd only gone over this mark twice. And now you got to factor in that, hey, it's your backup Case Keenum. 
You already have a lot of injuries on the team, and these weather conditions are going to be brutal. So why would you think now that Case Keenum's all of a sudden going to go over it? I personally wouldn't. But again, I don't want to lay that high of a price. You know, against the Broncos, quarterbacks are averaging 18 pass completions per game, which also bodes well for the fact of maybe going under with Keenum and his completions. Daniel Jones had 22 completions, went over, okay, but Trevor Lawrence only had 14. Wilson, Zach Wilson only had 19. Lamar Jackson had 22. Big Ben had 15. And Derek Carr, who throws a lot, but this last week only had 18. Well, look at that. I mean, if you are willing to lay that, I think that is a good play. Case Keenum under 19.5 completions. Aside from laying that much, my big fear would be that, hey, maybe you get a better chance of him completing it because you're doing those short checkdowns. Or also, maybe you're in a situation to where the Broncos get out to an early lead. So then the Browns will be forced to throw the ball more consistently and naturally would open up the door for more opportunities for pass completions. But a strong lean, Case Keenum under 19.5 pass completions tonight. But the official plays we are rolling with for hockey and football. Blackhawks money line. Come on, Blackhawks. Let's get ourselves that first up tonight. And let's get a nice teaser victory, hopefully, with the Broncos teasing them, uh, teasing them up Excuse me, to plus 7.5, teasing the Packers down to minus 1.5. Best of luck with all of your wagers tomorrow. Plenty more bets here on Rush Hour. We'll talk to you then. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. But the six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.